This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. The following podcast contains explicit language. Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, June 25th, the Grandma Has a Favorite edition. I'm Dan Coyce. I'm a writer at Slate and the author of the book How to Be a Family. I'm the dad of Lyra, who's 15, and Harper, who's 12, and we are holed up in Arlington, Virginia. I'm Jamila Lemieux. I'm a writer, a contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who is seven, and we live in Los Angeles, California. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm mom to three littles, Henry eight, Oliver six, and Teddy three, and I'm currently in Navarre, Florida. Today on the show, we've got a question about intra-family strife caused by grandparent favoritism. We'll also give advice to a soon-to-be step-aunt wondering how she can welcome her newest niece into the family. As always, we've got triumphs, we've got fails, we've got recommendations. Let's start with triumphs and or fails. Jamila, what do you have for us this week? All right, this week I have a triumph. Naima is TikTok-obsessed. We have limited her time on the app um, and what she's able to watch on there. We monitor it. I wish that she didn't love TikTok so much, but like I think I mentioned before that when I saw the page she created and the bio was TikTok lets all the little actors in me be set free, I was like, okay, I have to support this in some way, shape, or form. And so while we're working on other ways for her to hone and use her really good editing skills, you know, like she creates content. Her TikToks are not just, hey, it's me doing a dance. It's like they're little mini movies and they're, you know, there's graphics and music and she's just so creative and good at doing them. And one thing that she constantly wants me to do is to, and so she has a private TikTok that no one can see. She's got like 520 videos that really only myself, um, one of my former students uh, who she knows quite well and has two little ones who are my godchildren. She's, uh, she follows her like literally these are the only people who get to see all this great content that Na- Naima is creating. That's a huge productivity to audience ratio. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> She's over delivering by <laughs> far. Um, every so often I'll send a video to, you know, one of my friends or whatever. And she's so good at it. And so and I've told her, I'm like, we're going to figure out a way for you to to make your creativity public. Like maybe we'll just do the YouTube channel that we've been saying we'll do forever. But you know, in the meantime, she's kind of playing around with TikTok and she always wants me to learn TikTok dances with her. And I'm like, please don't, you know, like I'm not the best dancer in the world. And now you want me to dance in front of a camera. And even if no one is seeing it, why are you doing this to me? And then one day last week, I was just like, you know what? Okay, fine. And I had so much fun. (laughs) I cannot believe that I've denied both of us (laughs) All of the potential fun that we could have been having from dancing in front of her iPad. Like, it's to Chloe and Hallie, which were the two, I can't even call them adorable girls anymore because they're grown-ups now, but two young ladies that are on the show Grownish, and they're signed to Beyonce's management team, and they're just incredibly talented singers and musicians, and they put out a new album. They have a song called Do It, and there's a Do It Challenge, and... We had so much fun dancing. So that is my triumph that I finally gave in to my daughter's incessant demands that I learn dances that are totally above my range. 
of movement in front of a camera. I'm going to ask, you denied yourself and your daughter this pleasure for so long, yet you still deny the world the pleasure of seeing these dances. <laughs> yeah, are you, are you going to share at least this one with us? I don't know about that. At, <laughs> at some point, yes, I will post a video of us dancing together, you know, and I'll definitely be posting some, some of Naima's videos because they're so good. I just don't, the TikTok platform is just so complicated and so not okay in so many ways. And there's so much adult stuff on there, you know, that I don't want her to get too hooked on sharing things there and getting feedback, but we're going to figure it out because she really is like a little, she's a little filmmaker in the making and a choreographer. America demands this content. (laughs) In a, in a safe way. We just have to figure out the right way. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great triumph. I'm glad that you guys did that together. I think that this is just the beginning of some exciting dance moments between (laughs) my daughter. Elizabeth, what about you? So I have a fail. We, you know, like to kind of be on the go and out doing things. And we have largely not done that now. We're lucky enough to live close to the beach and have some water access. But in general, we haven't really gone out and done anything like adventurous or fun like we normally would. So this weekend, I had done some like homework and found this little place where we could go for a float, but that isn't very popular. Like there's a bunch of springs in Florida that you can put in and float down. Well, I found a little creek and gets kind of great reviews, but hard to find. And we get up super early and uh, make the hour drive. And of course, none of my children, mine are early risers anyway, but none of them want to go. It's like I'm ruining their day that we would do this. So they're all crying, fighting. I've like made lunch, made breakfast. So we have to drive two cars because we have to put one at the bottom, one at the top. So we like go through this whole rigmarole and the place where you park to put in is like under this bridge in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, well, this is for sure where my car gets stolen. So I park like in rural Florida, we get the kids out, we get all the floats out, you know, we have like a ridiculous ice cream float and a ridiculous donut float, like all of this, we have this boat that you can see through the bottom, like it's gonna be super fun. And I have all these life jackets and we get down to the river and it is like an inch of water, maybe <laughs> and it's like moving. So I'm like, you know, I can rescue anything. So and now by now the kids are like, Oh, we're playing in the water. This is fun. We have all the floats. So I'm like, well, clearly we do not need these life jackets. So I like, you know, take the life jackets back, put the kids in the boat, And they can float just fine on the top of the water. But every time Jeff and I get in the floats, like, we just sink the floats to the point of... Drag along the bottom. This still does not stop us. We decide that we are just going to, like, walk down the river some, because surely it gets deeper, right? No, we end up... Like, we did find a place where we could kind of float. But, of course, that just took us about a third of a mile, a fourth of a mile down the river. And at this point, we're, like, a half a mile down. But it's a four-mile float. So it's like, do we try to do this for four miles or do we hike walk another three and a half miles on the river bottom exactly so we end up towing everyone back at this point (laughs) they're all crying because we have now ruined this perfect outing (laughs) it's like whatever normally we could like rescue this because we could look up something else or go stop and eat somewhere or something but instead it's just like forget it we're gonna go home yeah it was it was just a disaster of an outing we got back we just went with the neighborhood has a little pool so we went there and told everyone our disaster story this is the exact kind of thing where typically you just save it by going to dairy queen yeah right like yeah that's like the then we had ice cream yeah right but you can't that's off the table so now you really have to live and die by your decisions yeah and you died and normally like we were thinking like we have a lot of these fails usually but normally like in a given week we are out doing something two or three times a week like out doing some adventure or trying something so when they don't work out it just feels like ah, eh, no big deal like we did this other cool thing yesterday or we're doing this yeah. cool thing now it's like we haven't done anything in a month the stakes are high <laughs> yeah the stakes are high 
why? You know, it's like we were off the river by 930 and everyone was already eating their sandwiches I had packed for lunch. I was like, well, this is a highlight. So anyway, we all survived, though, and the van was not stolen. So in terms of triumphs, because no one else was there because the river was only an inch deep. So Right, right. Yes. Great fail. You really blew it. Great work. I really blew it. Very good fail. (laughs) Okay, Dan, how about you? So I have a fail that my daughter kind of turned into a triumph uh, due to her generosity of spirit. So we use screen time on the kids' phones. That's the little like parental control, or I guess anyone control device where you can put in a four-digit passcode and... It measures the amount of time that a kid is using the phone, using various apps. And at a certain time, you can just tell it to cut off. And after the kids have used it for X hours or after 9 p.m. or whatever, they have to have this four-digit code to unlock it. You can see when kids try to unlock it because it'll be like four failed passcode (laughs) attempts or six failed passcode attempts. And we've had the same passcode on the kids' phones for like two years now. And it was the final four digits of Alia's home phone number growing up in Akakik, Maryland. And the fail is that we exhibited poor tradecraft and Harper observed us typing in the code (laughs) and cracked it. And so she was therefore able to give herself more screen time whenever she wanted to, because she now knew the secret code. The triumph is that she confessed. <laughs> she Like as soon as she knew she confessed? or like It seems like it was within a day or okay. two <laughs> that she went to Alia, notably not me, but she went to Alia and said, Mommy, I have to tell you something. I saw the secret code for screen time and then I used it and I feel bad and you have to change the code because now I know it. So I thought that was very sweet. And so we thanked her for telling us and told her what, what, how great it was that she was honest. Um, And then we changed the code to a different number, which I'm sure she'll crack in a matter of days. But it's like, it is funny that we have this thing that we have to use all the time because frequently you have to give the kids another you know, minute or another 15 minutes to send a text or, that right. you want them to send or whatever. And so when that happens, we're always like taking the phone and then like hiding it and surreptitiously typing the number. Sometimes I pretend to type fake numbers so they can't read my my hand gestures. But it turns out we would be terrible spies because Harper just saw us do it in the middle of the day. But I'm proud of her for coming to us and saying that she had seen this. And I'm proud at the low levels of guilt we instilled in her (laughs) that caused her to confess this thing. It still sort of feels like an overall fail that we have to use this thing, that we've never found a better way to just like get them to self-manage their own screen time. But of course I... Like Can't adults don't manage even do my that. own screen yeah. time. Right. Yeah. So what do I expect? Maybe Alia should put a code on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> we have a similar issue. Henry is like very good at memorizing numbers and patterns and things. And I changed it to be the longer password. And then I just 
use numbers that I want him to memorize anyway. So like I've used my phone number, the first part, and then the first part plus the last part, and then Jeff's phone number. So I'm constantly changing it as soon as he gets it. But as a result, he's memorized a whole series of phone numbers, his zip code. So he thinks he's getting the best of me. But actually, he can now recite all these numbers that we need him to know. Actually, he's learning. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I'm always like, congratulations, you have cracked the code, and now I have changed it. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I guess That's we right. didn't use this at all, because now Harper just knows the last four digits of Alia's phone number from 30 years ago. <laughs> Not useful. I wish Naima... Uh, Naima typically is pretty good at remembering numbers, but she decided to reset the passcode to her school-issued iPad, and we've not been able to use it for three months. Oh, shit. So... <laughs> So she chose the new one? She chose a new password for reasons unknown. She kept choosing new ones. And then it did the, like, iPhone disabled. You know, it was like, iPad disabled. And, like, whatever time period it was, it was, like, for 48 hours. Something I'd never seen before on a device. They were like, just give up. Just don't even come back. So. Well, school's out. School's out. Guess she's never going back. All right. What if you could have a career? where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Let's move on to the rest of the show. But first, of course, we've got some business to talk about. Sign up for Slate's parenting newsletter. It's the best place to be notified about all our family-related content, including Mom and Dad are Fighting, Care and Feeding, starring Jamila Lemieux, and much more. It is also a fun personal email from me each and every week. So sign up at slate.com slash parenting email. Check us out on Facebook. Just search for Slate Parenting. It's a really active community. We moderate it, so everyone's pretty nice. You get lots of answers to parenting questions and pose questions that we can answer here on the show. Just search for Slate Parenting on Facebook.com. You can also find our live Karen feeding shows on Facebook each Tuesday at 11 Eastern. Nicole Cliff, the great and wise Nicole Cliff, is answering your questions live on Facebook. If you can't catch it live, you can find all the previous episodes on Slate's YouTube page. In Slate Plus today, we are talking firework season. Do you let your kids set off fireworks? Did you set off fireworks as a kid? Did you almost put someone's eye out? Here's a quick sneak peek of what you'll hear if you have Slate Plus. All right. I can't believe that I have to be the lonely guy who stands up for shitty amateur fireworks. Uh, Mom and Dad are fighting. A, I think the fireworks are a lot less likely to blow your hand off now than they were when we were kids. What you think? Like fireworks technology has gotten better, like sure, so yeah. much better Safety, than it's. Like- I mean, I think the regulatory state has really done a great job on the illegal fireworks industry. Look, I don't know if kids are still blowing their fingers off. If you are a listener and you've blown your finger off, please let us know. But I would like to stand up for what I think is an essentially harmless tradition of on July Fourth going out into your street with a couple of things that like blow sparks in the sky and spin around and make whir noises and like send out different colors of smoke and with a responsible adult somewhere near lighting them running away, screaming, and then watching them go off with great joy and delight to hear segments like that. And to get ad free podcasts, sign up for slate plus 
It's just $35 for your first year. It's a great way to support all your favorite Slate podcasts and Slate's journalism. Plus, if you're a Slate Plus member, you won't hit a paywall on Slate.com so you can keep up with everything that the magazine does. So, you want to support mom and dad are fighting? You want to support the journalism that Slate does every day? Go to Slate.com slash mom and dad plus and join Slate Plus now. Finally, we are working on a few special bonus back-to-school episodes in July and August. So please, we need you to send all your back-to-school-related questions to mom and dad at slate.com. Questions about remote school, about in-person school, about high school or elementary school or middle school or gym class, which they don't even call gym class anymore. They call it PE or the new math, whatever. Any school-related questions you have, send them in, mom and dad at slate.com. All right, back to the show. Let's move on to our first listener question we've got two today. This one is being read by the incomparable Shasha Leonard. Hi, Mom and Dad. My husband and I are fortunate to live within 30 minutes of both our sets of parents. They babysit our kids regularly, or at least they did before the pandemic, and we are starting to allow it again. My husband's brother and his wife and their three kids also live in close proximity. The issue? The shared grandparents. My husband's parents watch our kids way more than theirs. Grandma has repeatedly flaked on her standing babysitting on them and rarely, if ever, commits to date nights, work event nights, or other sporadic babysitting requests. On our side, she's never said no to us. This causes a ton of hurt for my brother-in-law who fears that the grands like my kids more than theirs. Honestly, I fear this too. Though I've gently confronted grandma twice about it, and she swears it's not true. I think it's mostly that my nieces and nephews are just more rambunctious than my two kids. But they are lovely children. Last week, I told grandma that she needed to set up some more time with their kids, or it risked permanently damaging her relationship with their family. She says she will. Meanwhile, my kid has been begging for a grandma sleepover. I want to say yes, but... I feel like I can't until stuff on the other side is settled. My sister-in-law is one of my best friends, and I would hate to hurt her. But I also don't want to deny my kid his grandma time. I keep trying to broker understanding and communication and grease the wheels of action. What more can I do? And should I invite grandma fully back with my kids knowing it'll hurt my other family members? (sighs) Family is the worst slash the best. Help! Sincerely, what the heck, everybody? You know what I've noticed, both here and in Care and Feeding, we get a lot of letters from wives about issues with in-laws that it just seems that perhaps their husbands should be (laughs) concerned about. Like, yes, (laughs) that sounds like a lot of work to have to care for another entire set of adults in addition to your own parents. And managing their needs and concerns when their own child isn't the one stepping up and saying, maybe I need to talk to my mom about this. So I think it's great, letter writer, that you have spoken up about this and that you've attempted to have this conversation. And you know what? I'd be willing to bet that that little thing you slipped in about the other children being a bit more rambunctious than your own. And we don't know the ages of the kids. It could be that one set is older and the other set is younger. And these grandparents feel more comfortable with the older kids or the younger kids or whatever, or that your children are simply more well-behaved, if you will, when they spend time with their grandparents. 
But they're think, angels is my is my guess. They're totally angels. Yeah. And I also think that your husband should be a part of this conversation and maybe he should be having it without you because perhaps there's something that his mother doesn't feel comfortable saying about her other daughter-in-law to you or about the children or about why it's just so easy for them to spend time with your kids and not your in-laws children. But I also think that parent time is not promised forever, but grandparent time certainly is not promised to our children for as long as parent time is and that you should, um, not deny your own children the opportunity to spend time with their grandparents out of fear of making the other kids feel bad, but perhaps encouraging ways to integrate that time or rather integrating the other children into this. So maybe the grandma sleepover is for all of the kids and one of the adults, maybe your husband, since he's not pulling his weight in this letter, can be the one to stay over and uh, provide some assistance. And then you could have a drink with your sister-in-law, who's one of your best friends. Yes. Yeah, so I keyed in on the sister-in-law thing, too, and thought that maybe she should talk to her sister-in-law. Because Mm. I think if presented like this, I wonder if the sister-in-law would say, like, my intent was never to deny your children. Like, my beef is not with you. You, uh, Because it sounds like if they're friends, like, would you... I just think my sister doesn't have children, but I would not say to her, like, my issue with my parents or my husband's parents, right... Is, is the reason why then your children should not get something. As a friend or as a, I would want her children to have that time, it's just frustrating that mine aren't getting that time. So I wonder if a conversation with her sister-in-law to say like, hey, I have brought it up, but you know, I'm feeling guilty that they get all this time. Kind of what do you envision my role in this to be? Because Jamila, I agree that like <laughs> husband should do like these are his parents. But I do think some of this comes from her place of like, she doesn't want to bring hurt to this other family. And so much of that can just be, I think, semi fixed by communicating to the person you know, to the sister-in-law and to the brother-in-law, like, hey, we're not intending to hurt you. And I'm not sure how you want this to go. And I like your idea of like a group thing. I think also, if you're worried that it might hurt, like the cousins, like organize something with all the cousins and have your in-laws there, even if it's not like at their house. I just think you can't change other people like nothing you're going to do is going to change this grandmother's behavior like you've said things so you just have to decide like how you're willing to have your behavior change and it you know I think it's hard because you have a bunch of parties that that you don't want to hurt and you want to be close to grandma and grandpa and your in-laws your sister-in-laws and in summation though I think she should talk to the sister-in-law I think that might be the key to her guilt because I think that's what this is she feels guilty about it you're right that this stems from her guilt and that that guilt comes from a good-hearted place But I don't think she should talk to the sister-in-law. Like, I think it is a miracle that this situation has not already blown up in her face. Like, with fiery lava flying down from one familial direction or another. With the other family being pissed at her. Or the mother-in-law complaining to her husband about her or something. You just need to get out of this situation while the getting is good. As Jamila says, make your husband and his brother... The two people who are actually related to her, who seem to not be worrying about this at all, make them deal with it. If it really is bothering your brother-in-law and his wife that they are not getting their share of the grandmother time, let them worry about that problem. 
I also agree that you can do things on your own to help build a bond between everyone in the family. You can host events for everyone. You can have those kids over to your house and help with babysitting when they need some babysitting. You can have those kids over to your house, even though they're rambunctious, and bring your mother-in-law and have everyone over there. But the last thing you should be doing, I think, is like going not to any of the people who are directly involved, but to this other poor woman who has to deal with this and like trying to like get her to assuage your guilt. I feel like that's just asking for trouble. Maybe you're such great friends that it would go great. I think that you can probably take it as a given that what your good friend, the sister-in-law wants is not for your kids to stop seeing the grandmother. And I don't think you need to like come to her to get that like assuagement. I just wish that you would take a step back and let the people for whom this is a problem in which they should be vested deal with this problem. I agree with that. I just also think if it's your friend that you say, like, how can I help in this matter? Like, I've talked to her. I'm not really sure there's much more I could do. I think that's a good conversation to have. Yeah. But I think the conversation like, is it okay if my kids see grandma? Oh, no, no, no. Is not the conversation to have. No. Yes. No, you don't need her permission. Yeah, I think I'm asking more for a conversation where you say, like, I know this is a frustrating thing and this is resumed for us. Like, we are going back to see grandma. I know this is a frustrating situation. Like, how can I help in this? Because I don't want this to become a wedge in our relationship. And I know that our mother-in-law not taking your kids or however you want to phrase that is something that hurts you. Okay, Um, I approve that conversation. (laughs) <laughs> gets the Dan Coy stamp of approval. <laughs> I just, I, I think in these family situations, like a lot of times there's not enough discussion about things in an adult way. But I agree with you. Like it is not her problem to fix, except that she has this relationship she wants to preserve. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm lucky in that all the various grandparents in my family are very equally loving and equally giving of time to the extent that they can give it to all their various grandchildren. But we're experiencing like a kind of version of this now in that Alia's mom lives across the street from Alia's brother. And so they get usually more grandparent time than us, obviously. And we try and give our kids as much as we possibly can. But for the last six months, they've had, of course, insanely more grandparent time. And one thing that has been really useful during this has been seeing Alia's brother and his wife making a point of including us in the stuff that's going on around their house with Kiki, with the mother-in-law and, you know, making those Zoom calls happen. And, uh, you know, to the extent that you, the letter writer, can, can foster big group events, I think that that will help both build that relationship with the grandchildren and normalize more time that the grandmother spends with them and also help that other family see that you want these relationships to persist. So I do think that that is good advice. And I think that that's worth following up on Jamila. How can she get her husband to like, take the step? You just got to like lay down the law, right? Be like, if you got a problem with this deal with that problem. I think so. I think one, is he even aware of it? (laughs) Great question. That's a great question. And two, Talking to the sister-in-law may open up some things that the letter writer isn't aware of, because I wonder if there's an issue between the grandparents and her or the grandparents and their son that maybe the letter writer is not aware of. But I think the husband could be 
part of unlocking this so that the letter writer can get out of a situation that really does not have anything to do with her. And yet she's the only one taking responsibility for it. Yeah. Or what if there's like a situation where the grandparents feel like her family needs more help? Right. Mm. Like they don't back down. And that's Frankly, not something that you seem overwhelmed. Honey. No, but I mean, yeah. you never know. Like everything is not always equal all the time. And we don't always know why. And we don't always understand what's at play. So I think like there's a chance also that they never back down for them because they feel like it would be a bigger deal if they did. I mean, we don't we don't know. We don't know any of the details. We're fun to speculate, though. Yeah, yeah, it's much more fun to speculate. If the other family had written in and said, like, I'm getting unfair treatment, you know, what advice do you give them? And I think some of that is like, you can't change what they're going to do. So you can address it or you can make other plans. Like, don't rely on them as much. Then, yeah. Yes, that's like hurtful. You can have her over and try to build that relationship, but you can't change how they're approaching the situation or whatever's happened. You can't fix that. All right, letter writer, we want you to please write us back at slate.com and give us an update once you manage to extricate yourself from the situation that you've gotten yourself into. We want to know how it went and if this conversation, if you have it with your sister-in-law, helped make things a little bit more clear. Thank you for the question. Once again, listeners, if you got a family conundrum you want us to weigh in on, send it in, slate.com or post it in the Facebook group, and we might pull it from there. All right, on to our second question, once again, read by the inimitable Shasha Leonard. Dear mom and dad are fighting. My brother is getting married soon, and his future wife has a preteen daughter. I haven't met her yet. This is the very first time that anyone in our family has welcomed a stepchild into our family. I want to be respectful of her biological family, but I would also like to be inclusive and welcoming to my brother's new stepdaughter. Am I her aunt or her stepdad's sister? Are my children her cousins? Will my parents be her grandparents? Aside from labels, how do I make sure she feels welcomed, included, and loved into the family? We're really excited to get to know her. Any tips on how to proceed? Thanks. In terms of the label, you can just be an aunt. I mean, she's also a preteen, so she'll probably have some thoughts on this. And we, and we don't know how like enthusiastic she is about getting a new family or what those situations are. So I think taking some cues from her is important. But I think that you can never have too much family and being the people that love you. And I know for us, like, we use the term aunt with a lot of um, my very close friends who are not related to me, but are sort of like my family by choice. And my kids call them Aunt Mary, Aunt Catherine, like all of that to denote like this is a relationship which has been here for a long time and is you know, closer than just mommy's friend. So I think that you can use that. It's fundamentally different to me than having a step parent because a lot of people have like just one mom or just one dad or, you know, two moms, two dads, but that there aren't a whole lot of, I think you might be more attached to the idea of like, this is a step mom, like replacing your mom, but like an aunt or an uncle, you can have a ton of those. There's no cap. There's no cap to the number of aunts you can have. So I think that's fine. But again, she might have other thoughts. And I think you could certainly sign things, you know, aunt, whoever, and address yourself as I'm her aunt, like whatever. In terms of other ways to welcome her, 
I think the goal should be like to be as welcoming as possible without being extremely awkward. So whatever you would do to welcome a preteen, like I don't know the situation in which you're going to see her, but certainly you could send her something before the wedding that she could use at the wedding. I do find that sometimes when you feel really awkward about something, you go like way overboard. <laughs> it's awkward the other way. So I would just kind of check and make sure that what you're doing seems like completely normal for a preteen, you know, that you would know and that you would love. It sounds like you have children. So you probably know kind of how you would treat like other cousins and what you would send them in a way to welcome them. So I love what you said at the beginning that you can't have too much family. You can't have too many people who love and care about you. And that I don't think there has to be a big spectacle or, you know, a lot of ceremony around welcoming her into the family. I think that the aunt honorific, which is something that my daughter calls my closest friends, auntie, so-and-so. And also because she has a stepmother and her stepmother has step parents, there are a lot of people who consider Naima a grandchild. You know, and it has not been a bad thing. It's been great for her to have other places to go and be loved on as family and treated as family and that they should just treat her as they would any other child in the family. So when there are presents being given, you know, that she's also receiving something and she's receiving something of the same quality and the same thought and intention was put into choosing this present that she's welcomed warmly. And I think facilitating time with her and children in the family whenever possible is a good thing and a way to help her really feel like part of her new family, because that's exactly what you all are. Aunt and uncle are much easier to navigate than, say, grandma, grandpa, or mom and dad. But I, I, I think that, like, as someone who also has step-siblings, my father taught us that we weren't, we never say stepsisters. And I have two siblings that are his daughters and not, you know, they have the same mom. We, have, we all have the same dad. I was not allowed to say half-sister. You know, it was mm-hmm. like, those were my sisters and the siblings that I had by marriage were, you know, extended family relatives was the phrase that we use. They were part of my extended family. This is all really great advice and extremely lovely sentiments. This idea that you can never have too much family. I think that's exactly right. The only thing I would add is you talk about welcoming her into the family the same way you would welcome any new niece or nephew into the family, but it's a little bit different in that your previous experience welcoming new nieces and nephews into the family happened when they were babies, right? And they had no idea what you were doing or how excited you were. That excitement was directed at the parents in those moments. It's worth remembering that this is a fully cogent preteen human being with her own emotions and feelings about this, including possibly her own emotions and feelings about this upcoming wedding that you don't know anything about. I would urge you to be welcoming, but to let her govern the extent to which you are trying to become her like special favorite aunt, at least at the beginning. And maybe this is just part and parcel with Elizabeth's advice to like, don't go overboard, you know, like try and be cool. But in general, I just want you to really pay attention to her responses and the signals that she is giving and to respect those signals. And if you feel like she is standoffish or not into it right away, like don't push it at first. You presumably have your whole life to build a relationship with this person. And 
assuming that it's all going to happen at the wedding or the first time you get together or the first zoom call or whatever is a real recipe for her feeling like you're pushing this like random lady who isn't even her, you know, stepdad, it's her step aunt or whatever is like all over her. So like take it slow and read her signals and be kind and welcoming and warm. But remember that, she has as much to say about the state of this relationship as you do. You're not building it from zero the way you did with all your other nieces and nephews uh, and all the other cousins in that family. So like, bear that in mind as you're doing this. I think that's very fair. I mean, and I don't want to like rain on the parade of you can't ever have too much family. You have another chance to build a wonderful relationship. You can be an auntie. All that stuff is true. And in the long run, I have faith that that will be true for you and this girl, but just, Watch her and listen, listen to what she has to say and listen to the signals that she is giving to you as you build this relationship. And don't go in hoping it'll all happen at once. I totally agree with that. Even when you're somewhere and you meet someone new, you don't want the person who is like jumping on you and trying to (laughs) do all this, right? Like that's not fun for anybody. So and then I think take into account that she's a preteen girl. A notoriously easy age. Yes. I mean, such a joy. And that doesn't have to dampen your excitement about it. But like you said, I think play it cool is kind of <laughs> the best advice. Like in person, play it cool. It's very hard for adults to play cool because we're not cool. Yeah. Yeah. Teenagers are not always kind and that's okay. That's okay. Absolutely true. True of kids of all age, in fact. Yes. Um, and I have faith that you will eventually gently win this new niece over. All right. Good luck, step aunt. Thank you for the question. Our show relies on questions from you, our listeners. So please, if you have something you want to hear us talk about on the show, you know the drill. Write us a question. Even if it's not a real question, make up a question about a thing you want us to talk about. We don't care. Email us at slate.com. We treat every question as if it's real, even the ones that you obviously stole from the book Little Women. All right. The show isn't over yet. It is time for recommendations. Elizabeth. What do you have to recommend? Okay, so this is one of those just Elizabeth recommendations that Jamila's going to act like I'm crazy, but it's okay. I think if you uh, have some newfound, like, need to make some outdoor play because it's summer, what we did is we went and we got some deck railing from the uh, hardware store, and they make perfect car ramps. And um, we bought three of them, and they're pre-treated woods. You can keep them outside. And the kids have been stacking them on things and racing cars down and just having a great time. You don't need a lot of space to be able to do that and amazon sells a whole bunch of stuff that costs a whole lot more than three pieces of deck railing um you know in non-covid times i would say like bring your kid with you and bring a little car um to pick out the wood but instead i sent jeff with a car to make sure that the the wood was the right size but you could also measure and look online but they make for great fun and the kids can race the stuff all over the place and yeah it's been a been very fun in our backyard classic elizabeth recommendation at least if people follow this one, they won't, as one Facebook user d- revealed this week, murder one million praying mantises <laughs> by not hatching them correctly. <laughs> Jamila, what are you recommending? So um, for those of you who spend a good amount of time on Instagram, you may have come across an exercise contraption called the DB method. Is designed to help you expand the size of your gluteus maximus. If you're trying to maximize your gluteus maximus during quarantine and not just with cornbread and cookies like I have, I got one recently. It's pretty cool. It, there are 
exercises and things that you can do. Like there's videos on YouTube to follow. If you are trying to commit to an exercise journey that has a focus on making your bottom larger, I recommend the DB method. It's been pretty fun and it's like a squat machine essentially. And there's other exercises you can do. Like they've got all types of stuff that you can do for your abs and other parts of your body. But if you are focused on building up your butt, this is me expressing solidarity with many of our non-Black listeners and also many of our Black listeners because not all of us have big, huge butts naturally. Some of us have to work really hard to get one. And so I invite you to join me on this journey. Even though I don't want anyone else's butts to get bigger, I want everyone else's butts to stay exact same size so that when I come out of quarantine and mine is very big, I'm special. I got bad news for you, Jamila. I'm in hot pursuit <laughs> of you on the front of ass size. <laughs> I am recommending <laughs> our beloved former co-host, Carvel Wallace. Rest in peace, Carvel. He is on the New York Times Daily podcast this week. He was on it on Sunday, reading his totally lovely parenting essay, Facing the Wind. It also appeared in the, I think, in the New York Times magazine. magazine yeah. But he he's on the daily uh reading it. It give, he gives a great performance. But go find it. Go listen to it. We'll have him back on the show soon, of course. But for now, you can get your dose of Carvel on the New York Times Daily Podcast. It's really good. We'll post a link in the show notes. That's our show. Thanks everyone who sent in your questions. One more time, if you have a question, email us at momandad at slate.com so we can solve it or possibly make it worse. Or you can post it to the Slate Parenting Facebook group. Just search for Slate Parenting on Facebook.com. Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson. For Elizabeth Newcamp and Jamila Lemieux, I'm Dan Coyce. Thanks for listening. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.